We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and this is the show where you should already know what we're doing. We go over yesterday's slate a little bit, right? We talk about what happened yesterday. Look at some uh, ownerships and some contests and some lineups and stuff. We talk a little bit about today's slate, right? Eight eight game slate uh, coming up tonight. I'm not sure. Do we have confirmed pitchers in like one or two spots? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll take a look and uh, and answer your, your DFS strategy questions like I do here in the YouTube chat. See you guys. Doug Montgomery, Jump Apocalypse, Suki Singh, Shannon Lambert, Card Fan, David Martin, Hog Lawrence, Jerome Lewis, Daniel Hutchins, Douglas Schaefer. Good morning. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, give me the thummy thumbs. I got my last my last apple juice. I, th- I think more is coming today. I think I hope more is coming today. Got my last apple juice. Keep it cold. Hit those thumbs up buttons. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, yesterday was uh, just uh, just uh, pretty much jammed the chalk and you did well, right? Right? Pretty much. Oh, the Astros are chalk. Oh, okay. Well, now they're going to do well. It, yesterday was the opposite of the day before, right? The day before, uh, the Astros failed and Wander Franco uh, did great. This time, Wanda Franco put up six points, and the Astros just went nuclear. But I mean, they went off—they went nuclear off the not—not not even Eshelman off that Janice guy, that knuckleball pitcher or whatever. They came in and they just started crushing the ball. So, uh, so cheap Toro got there. I mean, they had what four home runs yesterday? Altuve, Alvarez, Tucker had a good game. Toro. I mean, then then they started replacing people. So like Chaz McCormick, no one has because. He came in as a, as a sub, uh, but I mean Brantley's eight didn't really do you much, but but pretty much Astros stack Astros. Uh, the A's didn't get there really. No, they, I mean did they? 
O'Hearn got there. So O'Hearn as a cheap first baseman. Yeah, if you if you made the chalk construction, you uh you you did well. You do hey, chalk gets there sometimes. Sometimes the chalk gets there. Robbie Ray, he gets there, right? Trevor Bauer, yeah, twenty two points or whatever. Or Kite, he was he was the he was the high score pitcher, twenty nine point three five. To take a look at through through the the contest, I mean Robbie Ray was was mega chalk for for good reason. I'm surprised at the ownership of Trevor Rogers personally against Toronto. Oh, I mean I'm 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 surprised at how I thought he was going to be like maybe around 14 percent owned, but actually he was higher on than that. And same for Caprellian. Like that was good for me. Like I did not mind the Rogers and the Caprellian only ownership because my top two exposed stacks on DraftKings yesterday was uh, the the Blue Jays and the Rangers. For that very reason, because I wasn't going to play much of Rogers, and I was not going to play. I was playing zero Caprellian, but it turns out the Rangers actually did most of their damage off their bullpen. Caprellian actually didn't have that bad of a game. What four and two thirds innings or something like that? I mean, other than Gary, I, I played. I played Gary Richards and, and Mike Fultonevich a bunch. I tried to do the up and down build: high price pitcher, low price pitcher, expensive stack type of thing. So the faulty lineups were fine, but the Garrett Richard lineups are uh, not so much. Uh, he's dead. I don't know. Is, is he going to pitch anymore? He seems like why even bother? He's throwing meatballs over the plate. But I don't know. It took a shot. I took a shot against the Rays. Faulty, faulty worked out. Uh, I mean Kyle Wright. I don't know why he would play him. Same for Eshelman. But across the across the board, the truck pretty much the truck pitchers got there. If we take a look at the batters, I mean the A's didn't. I mean that I was low on the A's. But then the, when they got the Astros, Astros, the Mets, the Mets weren't bad. The Yankees, the Yankees, kind, they kind of, they kind of got there. They kind of, kind of got there a little. I had a lineup working on, on FanDuel that could have won. If Alonzo hits that home run with the two men on base in his last at bat, I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I would have tied for, for uh, no, no, I would have won first outright because there was a, there was another lineup tied with that Dom Smith in the, First baseman spot. The same lineup, just with Dom Smith instead of uh, uh, Pete Alonso. Because I had a, I had a four three on Fanduel. I had a four Astros, three Mets, and Rugnet Odor as as a one off. Uh, but I didn't have I didn't have Brandon Lowe when he had thirty seven points, and I had Robbie Gray up top. So so Odor's home run had been coming in. Uh, that that was good. That that jumped jumped me up there. But uh, Alonso Alonso's Alonso's six points uh, wasn't. Wasn't going to win me. Wasn't going to win me anything on, on FanDuel. So I, I did much better on FanDuel than DraftKings. Yes, I played on both sides. I because I, I was on the morning grind. And I came up with some strategies. I'm like, I, I, maybe I should be playing on DraftKings also. So I played on both sides. Uh, but DraftKings, no. I lost money on DraftKings, made money on FanDuel. Kind of a wash. Whatever. Whatever. You move on to the next day. You move on to the next day. I don't know what you guys did in the YouTube chat. It seems it seems here. I mean, the the Astros were overowned. I mean, it's it's a seven game slate. It's not as much as the, you know the fourteen game slate the other day. But if we take a look at like the walk off home run, it's like like half the lineups, forty percent of the lineups have have Astros stacks. Yeah, they got there. Yes, you're right. They got there. But how often are they going to get there versus other stacks? I mean, I'm taking a look here. Let's see, Perez, O'Hearn. Like O'Hearn wasn't as owned as I thought he would be on DraftKings. Because people just didn't need the salary. The A's, the A's were a little overowned, but like Fernando Tatis, I love that three percent or whatever. And across contest, I had like three times that. Like in my non-Bauer lineups, I was trying to I was trying to play Tatis over Correa, 
so many people weren't going to play or, or over Franco, right? Because Franco was, was super mega chalk on DraftKings. Now on, on FanDuel, you can play them both, right? With the utility spot. So that wasn't that big of a deal. It's like everyone's paying down at shortstop. I'm going to pay up at shortstop and play a completely different construction. Did it work out? Not really. I mean, they put up about the same amount of points, so it didn't really matter. Looking through here, what happened yesterday? Austin Meadows, okay. But like the Rays, if you had Meadows and Zunino and Lowe, like the, the Rays stack got there. Right, the Rays stack, I mean, the, the Mets stack kind of got that. I mean, Lindor, I mean, who else Who else really on the Mets? McNe- I mean, they scored enough points, Conforto. They scored points, but not like a ton. The Braves didn't really get there, right? No, they didn't get there. Starling Marte, one off, right? Yeah, the Mets kind of got there. Guillaume, 14, McCann, 10. Enough. Got there, got there enough. But the rain, the Rangers, the Rangers, the Rangers could have been the stack. Adolis Garcia, two solo home runs. Nate Lowe with the home run. Someone else did well in their lineup. Who else did well in it? Did anyone do well? I don't know. I had too much Calhoun. Too much Gallo. Cal- I, like Gal- I had less Adolis Garcia. I had Calhoun. Calhoun, Gallo, Lowe. Those types of lineups. Jonah Heim, right? You had Philip Catcher with someone. So those, those lineups were okay. I mean, like, like cashed or something, but you know, having a three or a zero, especially when the Astros go off, and you like uh, you, I have like uh, a Correa one-off, and then all the Rangers like that. That ain't gonna do it because you don't have Alvarez, you don't have Toro or something. You, you, you're done. You're done. You don't have Altuve at second base, right? You're done. Andrew Burton says, "Yeah, they got there. Wish Dustin didn't take them out in the seventh inning. Well, they were up. They're up twelve runs. That's what happens, right? We see that in NBA, right?" You have to, the, oh, it's a blowout, and then the, the starters don't see the last rotation. Okay, well, that's, that's that, this is the baseball version of that. Uh, the Yankees the were a little less owned than I thought they would be. They were a little, they were a little less open than I thought they would be on FanDuel, and they were much cheaper on FanDuel. But they were expensive. Like, Judge and Stanton were expensive on, on DraftKings, so I get it. But still, single digit on a seven-game slate for some of these guys, right? 7% Stanton, right? And even, I mean, Odor... What was he? Two percent across contest or so? No, the Yankees were actually underowned on DraftKings. Had I known this ownership, I probably would have played more of them, lost money, right? I would have played more of them and and lost more than I would have put it. Had I known, I thought they'd be a little bit more than this. Same for the Mets. Like some of the Mets were f- fine, but still, like Alonzo and Dom Smith. I mean, Conforto was eleven percent. Okay, I get that. I mean, Lindor on on DraftKings. I mean, I I expect him to be very owned. Seven percent, right? Because Wander Franco has taken up so much of that ownership. Now they finally price. They're starting to price him up. He's up to what thirty eight hundred, I believe today. He up to thirty eight hundred, I think so. The last time I saw, he's playing today, right? Yeah, thirty eight hundred. May still be a play, but not as much. Not as much so anymore, right? If we just look at the bat projections, right? We go to go to go to Tampa Bay, sort by order or whatever, right? I mean, he's still this good, decent point per dollar value, but not 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 you know. Doesn't stand out. Or if you go to shortstops, what do shortstops look like? Right. Sort by point per dollar. Right. He's not even like he's towards the he's towards the top. But really like Swanson, Swanson projects better. They're playing in Cincinnati against Santillan or whatever. Kevin Newman batting eighth for twenty one hundred. Paul DeJong batting eighth. I mean they point per dollar wise. I mean Franco projects more raw points. But Swanson projects for more points than Franco, and he's two thousand two hundred cheaper. So I don't know how I don't know how how uh, popular 
Juan DeFranco is going to be. He's also eligible to third base. He's probably going to still be over-owned. People are still going to play him. There's a much big, there's a much big, I mean, he's, he's almost twice the price that he was the past two days. They bumped him up to like 2,800. Okay, now, 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 yes. Now I would get 3,800. Still probably a little too cheap, but there are other too cheap shortstop. Eventually, he'll probably some, hover somewhere in the mid fours. Let's see if this got updated. There's a bat flip. The bat flip contest wasn't updated in, in uh, results DB yet. Like it doesn't right. Like yeah, Tambo didn't win. I mean, all this PMR, the late games, the two late games or whatever, have not been updated for this. So I can't go over it. I can't go over it. I can only go over what I could see. Right, because you're not going to get any Bauer ownership, right? You can just say, oh, 0% Bauer. Oh, how did that happen? Right, look look at all the numbers. Look at all the, all the updates. Robbie Ray with the, the barely a point, right? Nothing's, nothing's updated here. Eventually it will. Just not in time for the show. Not in time for the show. So what do you guys want to talk about? We got today's slate. We got stuff on today's slate to talk about. Let's look at stacks on DraftKings and FanDuel based on initial projections. Is Josh Tomlin going to pitch for the Braves? Didn't he did, didn't he pitch yesterday? Is he the actual starter? I swear he pitched yesterday in relief. Or is he just going to is he going to open? What's going on with the Braves? What are they going to be doing? I don't know. If we look on DraftKings, the Reds, yeah, I mean that's that's the game. Reds Braves comes up top ceiling wise. Point per dollar wise, we're going to see a lot of twins. Probably twins. Even the even the Pirates against Carlos Martinez. Are people are people gonna are people gonna do that? Are people just gonna give up on Carlos Martinez? Should we should we be giving up on Carlos Martinez? We probably should be. But does that make his ownership even less? Right, we don't have ownership up or anything. Any type of initial nothing. But if no one's gonna play Carlos Martinez, I'll play him. I mean, who's gonna pay up for Joe Ross? Did you see that price on DraftKings? I mean, that's how bad the pitching slate is. Joe Ross is the second highest raw points pitcher. He's ninety six hundred. For Joe Ross. Yeah, I know. He's in Miami against the Marlins. Right. Okay. Fine. Whatever. 9,600. Maybe people will. Maybe maybe, maybe he'll be 4% on. And then, then you play him. Maybe. I mean, Carlos Martinez still projects pretty well. Anthony Kay. Depends on how many pitches. I mean, there's 4K. He could pitch five innings on DraftKings for, for his SB2. I mean, that's that's doable. I mean, they're playing in Toronto. They're playing in Buffalo, whatever. In the minor league ballpark. The Blue Jays are going to have big ownership according to Shannon Lampard. I'm, I'm, are you sure about that? Yeah, draft. Yeah, I mean, you could, I guess you could fit it in. I mean, it's going to be eleven total. I'd much rather play the play the play the Orioles then. We take a look here. I mean, just look ceiling wise. I mean, it's not Toronto eighty six, Baltimore seven. It's like it doesn't. If you would if you would have told me that that you know this game's in Buffalo with the, but I mean. The ballpark in Buffalo is like the ballpark in Cincinnati. So who cares? All right, we take a look at uh, at, at FanDuel. Let's see, based on their price. Yeah, the Blue Jays are going to be much more popular probably on FanDuel. They have a higher ceiling and probably they're a little bit cheaper. Well, maybe not that cheap. Like, I think Semien's cheaper on FanDuel, but Springer's much cheaper on, on DraftKings. But we can see here that Braves-Reds game. That's going to be the chalk on, by far on, on, I mean, point per dollar wise even. Highest ceiling and highest point per dollar on FanDuel. That means they'll be even chalkier on FanDuel. On on DraftKings, they're not the great. They're not high up on, on the list of point per dollar options. So they're going to fit into less lineups. So most likely, I think I think the Twins. If we take a look at the Twins starting lineup projected, 
right? Arias is, I mean, for DraftKings, Arias is 2,800, Larnick is 2,700, Kepler's 3,400, Kirilov's 3,500. You got a 2K catcher, right? You can afford Sano, Cruz, Polanco. I mean, it's cheap stack. For a five implied run total, right? If you're going to play a five implied run total, I mean, that's pretty cheap for it. The Blue Jay stack is much tougher to make, but there's really no pitching to pay up for it. Are you going to pay up for Bueller? Is that necessary? Do you need him? Do you have to pay for, for Berrios? I mean, it's. I mean, if you don't, I mean, I don't know who you're playing. I mean, that's that's the problem. Like especially on DraftKings, Fanduel may be easier because you only have to play one of them. Personally, I, I think I, I I like Luis Garcia the best. Maybe say he's cheaper and facing the Tigers. Then spend an extra twenty eight hundred. That's what it looks like twenty eight hundred on Walker Bueller. For not that much difference, and I mean, look, right, for an extra what three points, four points, you take a shot in Carmart. Look at his game log. It's just awful. Oh, he had a seven and oh, he had a he had a decent outing. He also had a minus twenty two outing. He could, I guess, he could do it. But I mean, even in this even in the outing, he's twenty four. He's still giving up hits and walks and stuff. I think it's Cleveland. It's like can can Pittsburgh hurt him? I don't know. Is it in Pittsburgh? No, it's in St. Louis. But whatever. For sixty three hundred, you can take a shot. Hopefully, he's not dead. Seems to me much better than paying 9600 for Joe Ross. And then on the bottom, it's like, I don't know why you'd play any of these guys. Dean Creamer? I'd rather play Coffee Creamer. That's what I want to play. I mean, some of these guys aren't even going to pitch more than two innings. Like, how long walk is going to go? Two, three innings? That's it. Chad Cool? Cody Poteet? I mean, who are these guys? These guys, it's going to be up here. It's going to be up here. That, that's what the, the pitching chalk is going to be. Travis, man, go. Oh, Travis is here. On FanDuel, you could slam the Strohs and the Jays with Joe Ross with ease. How much is Joe Ross on, on FanDuel? 7,400. Okay. Maybe, maybe maybe he's in play on FanDuel. Right. You could sl- right. You could probably slam him. FanDuel pressing is awful. And I can't stop the phone from going off. I get like I get like spam calls like all the time. Like someone I put it, I put it on 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 do not disturb. But if someone calls you like three times, it like overwrites that. But let's see. Do we get? To, I mean, I think Carmart is more of a shot. You take more of a shot on on DraftKings than you do on FanDuel. I just don't think you need to ever play sixty five hundred dollars pitchers. That's why, I like Joe Ross. Like if you're gonna play Joe Ross on FanDuel, I mean he's for seventy four hundred. I mean how much you could spend up on every position. I mean, look, you're playing in Atlanta, Cincinnati, Albert. I mean, look at this lineup. Freeman. I mean, Riley's cheap ish, but you're playing Acuna, Castellanos, Alvarez. A lot of times these lineups also look old because you're going to spend all the money. You're going to spend all the money. So let's say you play Joe Raw. Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could easily. You could fit in the Blue Jays into this type of lineup. Is Joe Ross going to be popular on Fanduel? That's the question. Are people going to say people not going to play Bueller or Garcia or Berrios? I don't think they play Carmart. Even though, even though the bat right now is Carmart with a higher projection than Berrios or Pavetta, scares the hell out of me. Because <laughs> Carmart, you can't even play. I mean, sixty five hundred. I mean, what does this lineup look like? Freeman, Muncy, Joe Ram, Suarez, Acuna, Alvarez, Castellanos, Cap. I mean, you just jamming everyone. Just hope for a hope for a ceiling game. I guess out of your pitcher. A lot of times, those lineups aren't as unique as you think. Because anyone that's playing Carmart at starting pitcher on Fanduel, I mean, their lineups are going to. If you're stacking like four four or four three one, like. 
There's only so many lineups and spend as much of the salary as you can. There's only so many lineups like this. There's only so many lineups. Rob F asked, what's the thoughts on the early slate for DraftKings? It's a two game slate. You're playing the large field GPPs. Just bid, just get weird. Right. But this two game slate here, we got Oakland Rangers. Who's going to be, if, if you're playing on DraftKings, obviously you have to play two pitchers. I'm assuming, I'm assuming Bassett is the chalk, right? Bassett and I mean, I'm assuming the Yankees are the, they're the, they're the highest total. So Bassett, Tateon are going to be, or people just play both Bassett and Goldberg. I mean, that really on the two game slate, what you should be doing is playing them, playing the Rangers in large field GPPs. You play Keller and the Rangers, and you're different, right? You're doing the exact opposite of what other pe- most people are doing. Most people are going to play Bassett with the Yankees somehow. They play Clint Frazier at 2200 or something. In order to get that in, they'll still play Ryan O'Hearn against Tyon as a one-off, right? You could fit these guys in, and they'll somehow find a way to fit in, you know, a Raymond Laureano at forty-three hundred or something, or Chapman, depending on who's starting. I mean, we don't know. We don't even have the lineups. Yes, it's lower probability, but when it hits, you win. Playing the chalk, you could go years, and I'm coming in twenty-seventh by my best spot on two-game slates. Just go nuts. If you look at if you're playing a two game MLB slate and you like your you look at your lineup, you're like, I like this. That means you're playing it wrong. Just you look at the lineup and go, wow, I maybe just throw money down the toilet. Those are the good lineups. Norm Bothwell asks, feel free to post your questions. We don't have a what else are we talking about? Results DB. I didn't have uh, the the backflip stuff, so I couldn't talk about that. We couldn't see ownership and exposures. I mean, we got you know the slate tonight, but we don't have starting lineups. We don't even probably don't even have pitchers, but whatever, whatever you want to talk about, that's what we do here. DFS strategy. Norm Bothwell game selection question: Better to do lower cost one fifty max, or go to a higher cost and only put in thirty out of one hundred and fifty lineups? Well, truthfully, the number one thing that will determine the biggest effect on your ROI is the strength of your of the field of your opponents. Okay, that that's the number one thing you want at. Number one priority is to find the weakest opponents possible. Okay. Then, then you go from there. So if you could play, if you could play in the dollar contests where, you know, several hundred sharper players can't play, I can't play in those contests. Like you're going to have a better ROI in those contests. So it's better to do a lower cost 150 max or go to, it's not, has nothing to do with the number of lineups. It just has to do with the field strength. If you're going to say, I could put 30 lineups into either of these contests. No, you should put it in the ones against the weakest opponents. Now, if you have the, if, once you build your bankroll, you could put 30 into the low stakes and 30 into the high, into the mid stakes, if you want. You want to do the bad 30 lineups into the bat flip and 20 into the 20 minute, you could do that. But if you're building your bankroll, if you're still, if you're playing 5% or less of your bankroll per slate, you should, you should fill up your volume against the weakest opponents possible until you hit that limit. So if you're playing $100 in volume, like there's no need to be playing, there's no need to be playing $18, $20 contests, GPPs. There's no need to play the $25 single entry. Play the cheap stuff. Play the 20 max, $4, 20 max. That's 80 bucks already. There you're done. Then you have 20 bucks. Play the $12 single entry or play the $3 single entry. I mean, like you, you could, you could play other stuff. They're generally going to be weaker fields. Because the restricted players can't even play in those contests. That doesn't mean they're bad fields, but they're worse than... You go into the bat flip on DraftKings, I mean, it could be 
on certain days, there's like more than half the lineups in the contests are 150ers. So it's a much it's a much stronger contest than the mini Mac, than the than the, the 20 Mac. Until you get to a level where where the decrease in ROI is worth the raw money, right? It's like, oh, I get a I get a I get an 18% ROI at low stakes, but only a six percent ROI at higher stakes. Well, 18% of what? Six percent of what? Like eighteen percent sounds much better than six percent, but if it's six percent of a thousand dollars every day, I mean that's more raw money. That's sixty bucks. Eighteen percent of lows of eighty dollars is what? What we're talking about? Fourteen dollars or something? So it's like yes, you have a higher ROI, but less raw money. So, but once your bankroll gets to the extent where the percentage that you're playing allows you to now move up in stakes. You're going to take a hit in your ROI, but if you're doing well in lower stakes, I mean, that that's how you learn. So you can be a little bit more competitive as you move up. Dave Jones has asked, how can you get different in a $20 three max on DraftKings? And you can get different. In, what do you mean? How you can, that, that's in a hundred different ways, any way that you want. Three max contests on DraftKings are going to be, the chalk is going to be chalkier. So it's easier to find leverage. So see what the, what the chalk lineups look like what they project for and what, what they're going to be owned at, projected to be owned at. And you want to play a lineup that is close projected to that, that does much less ownership. There you go. Most of the time it involves baiting whatever the hell the chalk is that day, especially in single entry and three max, the chalk is chalkier. I mean, I showed that in results TV, right? Now I can't go back to it now. Wander Franco is going to be 32% owned in the large field. He'll be 47% owned in the smaller field, single entry and three max. So it gives you more of an incentive to fade him. And it gives you more leverage into your lineup where you don't have to be even weirder than doing stuff like that. So yesterday, if you just faded the Astros and three max, you'd make whatever lineup you'd like. If you just X'd out the Astros yesterday. If you X'd out Wander Franco yesterday at 2K on DraftKings, and you played the Astros as as one-offs only. Like, make whatever lineup you want. If you faded Robbie Ray yesterday, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to make a lineup with Robbie Ray. Then make whatever, make an Astro stack. Like, that's all you need to do in, in like, single entry and three-max stuff. Because those those are the guys that are going to be even more over-owned than they are in the large-field GPPs. Large-field GPPs, you, have, you probably have to do a little bit more than that. Oh, I'm going to play the Rangers. I'm going to go off the board. But in single entry and three-max... There's going to be two or three like ultra chalk type of things, a very chalky type of construction. You 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 don't do two of those three things and then just build the lineup any way you want. Well, are the Mets too chalky? Well, at that point, who cares if the Mets are too chalky? You're not playing Wander Franco. You're not playing Robbie. You're not playing the Astros, right? So play Robbie Ray with the Mets. Go, go ahead. You're fine. You're fine in those contests. You're like, well, I really want to play the Astros. And then don't play Wander Franco and don't play Robbie Ray. And they, oh, okay. You play Arcadi and Bauer, and you good whatever, and there you go. Michael Turrell, why is Ross ninety six hundred? DK is drunk. I know it's Miami, but wow! But he, based on the bad projections, he doesn't project. He, he's that's what probably what his price should be. I mean, look, I'm showing you it right now. These are the bad projections as of ten thirty, right? Who knows if anything changed? He's the second highest raw points pitcher on the slate. He's higher than Berrios in raw points. He's higher than Garcia in raw points. So maybe that's what his price should be. Should be ninety six hundred. We're just not used to seeing Joe Ross at that price. We're not used to seeing Joe Ross actually be a good pitcher. I mean, that I think that's that's the issue. 
Michael Turrell, ah, the age-old question that doesn't matter. In maxing 150 lineups, how many different stacks and pitchers do you use? Is it nuts to go all in on three pitchers and four teams tonight? No, you can do either or. You could. What you're talking about is diversification. It has nothing to do with strategy. You could go all in. You could play 150 of the same exact lineup, except for one guy in each lineup switch. If you believe those are the highest EV line. The problem is, is that they're all correlated to each other, which means either you'll do really well or really bad. So if you don't mind that swing in variance, like I have 150 lineups, you know, if you're on FanDuel, let's say it's five bucks a piece. You have 750. I'm going to play the same. I'm going to play the same four, three with the pitcher and change the one off. You're like, you could do that. And if you're four, three, you'll have lineups in first, third, fourth, seventh. I mean, yeah. Or it'll be all the way at the bottom, right? Or something like that. All your lineups are going to be very close. Wherever your lineups land, they're going to be all, all 150 will be close to each other. But that's not good nor bad. That has to do with risk management, not strategy. If those are the highest EV lineups, then sure, you could do that. But you have to understand that your 750 could easily turn into $0. So you will not cash a single lineup, let alone coming towards the top. So the more diversification you have, the lower you, lowers your risk. You could find, you could probably find similar, similar EV lineups that don't look like that. This lineup is a 4-3 of a 4-4 of two other teams. But mathematically, they're about the same as this 4-4 lineup, but whatever, with a different picture. It's like, okay, if they're they're both about the same expected value, why not get diversification? Right? Yesterday on yesterday on FanDuel, I played 150 lineups. I had a four-man stack of every team on the slate. There were, what, 14 teams on the slate? Doesn't mean I had much. Didn't mean I had much of the Marlins. I think I had two Marlins lineups out of 150. But I want I want diversification. And I could find lineups that are equivalent expected value that contain any team in it. Now, there are more for some. I mean, there were more Astros lineups yesterday than there were of anything else. The question comes in is that how much value do you get out of playing them? So I did play Astros lineups. Look, my best line, my best lineup was Astros Mets with Robbie Ray on FanDuel. Sounds pretty chalky. But then Rugen and Odor is 4% owned. Pete Alonso was like 6%. I mean, like, it wasn't, it didn't need to be that, that chalky. Yeah, the Astros were chalky, but the, the Mets, Lindor was like 12%. I mean, the Mets were, was still enough leverage, right? That's all I needed. But I still had, I still had light Orioles. I still had everything. I have more for some than others. Like on DraftKings, I had more Rangers and, and Blue Jays. Doesn't mean I had, I played 80 lineups yesterday on DraftKings. When I said I had more Blue Jays and Rangers, it didn't mean I had 30 lineups of each out of my 80. It means I had like 14 Blue Jays lineups and 16 Rangers lineups. And it's still 50 other lineups. Maybe one or two Braves lineups, one or two Mets lineups. I mean, like stuff like that. But that's a matter of diversification. That's not, how many stacks should I play? There's no number. There's no answer to that question. You should try to play as many high EV lineups as possible then the field will play. And that's it. What what the actual players in the lineups are don't matter. They don't matter. Norm Bothwell. I'm a noob to DFS, but I've had some good luck in the 20 max entries. Hoping to build a bankroll to do 50 cent, 150 maxes. Well, if you're doing well in the 20 max, then keep on doing the 20 max. Or do it and then build it up so you do both. I think that's perfectly fine. But there are there are good players in the low stakes. 
So even though I say that the low stakes, I mean, it's, if anything, maybe, maybe switch and do two different sites as well. I mean, over the, over this past year, I've, it's noticeable. It's noticeable that FanDuel is soft. It's so noticeable. I'm not just talking, I'm talking about in anything. Cause like yesterday, like I pl- I play like 80 lineups on DraftKings. The amount of money that I got back. Now I lost money on DraftKings and I made money on FanDuel, but the, the, like my losing day, like when I play, if I, if I were to play 150 entries, no matter what the entry fee is and 150 entries on FanDuel, on FanDuel, I'm playing 150 entries into the main GPP. My average day is like minus 20% is my average day, which is good, which is actually good, right? Cause you're aiming for first. Most of the time you're going to lose. So I put in 750 or 823, 832, whatever the hell it is, depending on if it's five dollars and fifty-five cents or four dollars and forty-four cents. So you put in like seven fifty, and I'll get uh, you know five five eighty back, right? Something like that. You lose like one forty or say that's twenty percent loss. But the same type of thing, like I do the same exact type of thing on DraftKings, and the average would be like minus forty, minus fifty percent. So to me, that 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 signals that it's the quality of the field. When I'm losing less, I'm le- I, I I don't mind maxing on FanDuel now. DraftKings, it it seems the field's stronger, or there's there's more there's more sharper players. There's more 150 sets from sharper players than there is on FanDuel. Also, the FanDuel contests because they're cheaper are also bigger, bigger more more number of entries. Like the bat flip, where you may have like 12,000 entries at 18 dollars, while FanDuel will have 28,000 entries at at five dollars, which means if people are 115, there's only there's more entries that could be in there. So that's another thing. So I'm not trying to sell you necessarily on FanDuel. I'm just giving you my my observations. I played, I, I've been playing for almost almost six years. Like 97 percent plus of my action has been on DraftKings because I started playing soccer there. They had the soccer prop. I prefer DraftKings, but since I've been focusing much more on FanDuel for for GPPs recently, it just I'm going to go where the money is. Right? I mean, just Show me the place where the biggest edge is, biggest edge at least I have or whatever, and that's where I'm going to play. I can play on both. It's just hard to do both. I did I did it last night. I had to do my DraftKings lineups, and then I had to do my FanDuel lineups. I still barely I barely got it there, and I still I did it wasn't perfect. I was not happy with my lineup sets yesterday as much as I, I would normally because I was rushed at the end. So some of my lineups were 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 were, were too were, were actually too chalky. It's weird to say. It's weird to say that last night on both sides. Some of my lineups were too chalky on a night where the chalk actually did hit. So truthfully, if I if I would have spent an extra five or ten minutes, I probably would have lost more money yesterday. <laughs> okay. If that's nothing, if there's nothing else to talk about, it'll be a short show today. That's perfectly fine. You get to see if Joe Ross is going to do well. Is, is Joe Ross going to be chalky? We got to see. He seems like the type of pitcher where if people are going to play him, you, you stack against him. And if people aren't going to play him, you play it. You play it. If he projects the way, just don't look at the name. If I didn't know the name, if I just didn't see the name right here, just a ninety-six hundred dollar pitcher, seventeen point eight six. Okay, why, 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 why aren't I just playing him instead of Walker Bueller? And then I look at the name, and it's Joe Ross, and I go, "Oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing?" But we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll find out. We'll find out what happens tomorrow, right? You guys got nothing else? Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door right? Hit the thummy thumbs, hit the notification bell to know when we go live later. Grinders live. That's coming up later today. Uh, Anything else going on today? No, we got crunch time. 
for premium members. Click on the link in the description or in the chat. Uh, and uh, you get $10 off your first uh, first month. DJ Dog 3K, any tips on the typical chalk construction for MMA? Oh, maybe we'll talk about MMA tomorrow. We can talk a little bit. We'll talk about MMA tomorrow. Do they favor certain types of fighters? Probably the main event. Typically, that's over-owned. Well, sometimes it's rightfully owned. Who knows? We'll, maybe we'll talk about MMA tomorrow a little bit. Maybe maybe a little. Because, I mean, why now? Right? We're just getting the ownership in and everything like that for the card on, on Saturday. And I'm playing these MMA cards. So if you have MMA questions, tune in tomorrow. You never know. Soccer, who cares? It's not just baseball on this show. It's DFS strategy in general. So it could be baseball, basketball, whatever. I'm not playing playoff basketball now, but I mean, you got any questions, I could answer them. We could take a look at some stuff, right? So that's what we do here. That's what we do. I do it for you every Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.